0: Welcome, everybody. Welcome to today's webinar, where we're going to talk about uh, MSP onboarding. We're going to create a document that everyone will have access to once we're all done. Um, All right, good. The YouTube stream is going, and I heard myself and confused myself all at the same time. It was great. Uh, Let me continue promoting everyone to panelists so what we're going to do today um some of you guys already know i'm promoting everyone to panelists because i want this to be a group effort i want everyone here to uh at the very least you know maybe turn on your microphone turn on your video if you want Uh, let's let's work together let's create a document the the goal here is to um the goal here is to have a completed document that we can all use and, and we can all have awesome onboardings with managed services. All right, Carlos, could you please introduce yourself? Cause I I, I invited Carlos specially for this.
1: This is dangerous. Yes. Uh, hello, my name is Carlos and uh, I'm a Netaholic. Uh, I own already... a... I'm part owner of a an MSP slash consultancy slash anything else that they'll, they'll pay me for. I'll literally type up your documents if it's if the price is right. I don't care. Um, and uh, although I don't, I'm I'm certain I'm not the best at documentation. I'm pretty sure that I have a, a process that works really well for us, and so far so good. Knock on wood, it's been working for us fairly well as we've evolved it for the last uh, 14 years.
0: Excellent. And BJ, would you please introduce yourself?
2: <laughs> Sorry, this is what I get for uh, talking to somebody else while you're asking people to do introductions. Uh-huh. Uh, my, name, my name is BJ Pote. I own a MSP here in Southern California. Um, what else did you want me to say?
0: I don't know. Something awesome.
2: Something awesome. I just got a new pair of headphones that I'm really excited about. So.
0: That's fantastic news.
2: I know, right? It is fantastic news. I only <laughs> have two monitors, which makes me really sad because I know you have so many.
0: I only have four.
2: See, I'm, <laughs> I'm inadequate here.
0: What on earth was that? All right, I uh, I just posted a, a shorter link, a bitly link. That is to a document that I have on um, Office Online. So you guys are all welcome to hop on there and help me edit this thing um this this i expect to go between 60 and 90 minutes um and i will probably have to do some you know formatting on the thing later so don't don't worry about making it pretty worry about getting the the information on there and i will make it pretty and send it out to everybody um so i guess i should introduce myself i'm steve taylor Uh, i'm the one that that puts these webinars on every week um i do have a hiatus coming up for the next two weeks and uh it wasn't really planned that way intentionally, but I'm going to use it because um, I've got a a friend that got in a pretty bad car accident. I've been visiting her daughter in the ICU every day, and I'm just going to take the next two weeks. (laughs) No problem, Carlos. I'm going to take the next two weeks to just spend time with the family and uh, uh, be where I feel like I need to be. So uh, the next webinar I've got coming up is um, I want to say it's the 17th of August, and that's going to be another documentation party for migrating domains and websites. And that one's going to be pretty cool because uh, not everybody knows how to do that. And and I'm shocked. Um, and sometimes when people do it, they don't test and check every little thing that they should be testing and checking. Um, Let's see, I, I think that gets everything out of the way. Yes, thank you, Brandon. Not to be confused with Active Directory domains, website domains, not, not Active Directory domains. Um, so I'm going to share my screen here. And the first thing that you're gonna see is a document that we saw last month, I wanna say. It was on the MSP Processes and Procedures webinar. And this is a document that, um. Ernest put up on the screen and he didn't give this to me. I, I literally, uh, I, I I watched the video. I kept pausing it and I, I typed it up manually. So, (laughs) because, because I was just that interested to see exactly what he's doing. Um, so I really like, he's got, he's got a bunch of stuff in here. He's got a statement of purpose, um, for the document, which, you know, I, I I guess I always would think that this type of document is uh, self-explanatory, but he he doesn't. He puts a statement of purpose. He also documents what the results are are going to be when the uh, the team member, employee, whoever follows the document. Um, you know, we're going to have rapport with each end user. Documentation of each user's bottleneck. The list goes on, um, and then he starts. know documenting out here's what we do day zero day one day two like he he breaks this down day by day and it is just awesome so i i decided to type this up so that way we could um so that we could see what exactly uh he's doing he couldn't be here today um he was invited he was he was planning on doing it but he's actually onboarding a new msp client so i get it work work is more important um, so I, I decided, yeah, let's, let's just look, let's at, look, the look at the document that he started. Uh, so uh, with so that, that said, said let's, 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 start. let's start. I've got an echo, an echo coming, coming from, somebody. from somebody. Maybe somebody has their speakers up too loud. Now it's stopped. Good. All right. So with, with that said, um, I don't really want to like work off of this document. I want us to build our own document. Um, so, you know, what, what do you guys think? Do we, do we need a statement of purpose? Do we need results? Or do we want to just focus on what we need to do in order to uh, uh, successfully onboard a customer?
1: I don't think you can build a statement of purpose until you have the completed document because you don't know what the final outcome is. This was supposed to be until you have the document finalized. What in the hell is that? <laughs>
0: is that going from you? No. That is weird. That is really weird. Okay. Um <laughs> All right, so I I agree completely and I also I don't think we're going to know what the results are until we've built out the the steps or the statement of purpose either. So I I I agree with you there. So, I guess let's let's start with um What what Ernest calls day zero. Let's start with, you know, the the client has signed the agreement. The client has given us money. Now what? So what what do you guys do?
2: I usually go to Vegas on day one. Um after if they give me money, I'm I'm out of here. Uh I'm joking. I'm joking.
0: Okay. (laughs) It's all good, man. Um so so oh sorry go ahead
1: Uh, you know so since we have the joke out of the way i think (laughs) i'll say day one for me uh, day one isn't day one or day zero isn't day zero day what i consider day zero it's the day that we agree to onboard uh so it's day zero minus 15 at a minimum um to actually that we actually start doing preliminary work uh, where I'm in the process of getting ready to onboard a really, really big client August 1st and normally it would have started that July 15th. I started it at July 7th, I think it was. And it's because it's a big client. There's a lot of work that goes into building that up so that even though the client wanted to go live right away, I said, no, I can't. I have a lot of preliminary work that I need to do before we can even get to day zero, which is onboarding. Um, uh, so the, the, prior to the day of onboarding, we're talking about, let's assess what exactly we're, we need to deploy to take care of the client at the service level that we agreed to deploy them at. So that's firewalls, backups, storage for the backups, cloud connect, connectivity, if there's additional internet connectivity that we need in order to get things done, if there is uh, alternate ways to connect, so for example, I have a client that only has DSL, and that DSL is spotty at times. I put in a firewall that's capable of taking a 3G modem, and I pay a baseline payment on that 3G modem every month so that I can at the very least, even though they don't get to use that 3G modem for data when their DSL goes down, I can use that 3G modem for data for managing their networks when their DSL goes down. So things like that have to be done well ahead of time. Uh, getting Providing a 3G modem like that, my service provider requires two weeks minimum and they really want a month. Got it. So there's day zero and then there's all the preliminary stuff that happens long before day zero.
0: That's that's good to know because I I feel like there are things that need to happen before we go on site and start making an appearance and looking at all of the, the employees and introducing ourselves and everything else. So, um, so you, you, you rattled off a lot and I think I wrote most of it down. I also see T Fox. Is that Thomas Fox from ASCII? I think it might be. Um, so he also gave his, uh, day zero one and, and, and it looks like a, maybe a connect wise output, um, John actually has a a very good point. We could discuss a philosophy to onboarding, the key points we want to hit before we dive in. Um, Yes, we can can focus on that as well, but I do want to try and be cognizant of everyone's time. So that's why I'm trying to move forward quickly because I want to have a giant document. (laughs) So, all right so so we know that we need to get a bunch of stuff to deploy uh what about do, do you do you offer any like hardware as a service carlos or do you always make people buy things outright or uh
1: for us the client takes care of buying almost everything they they still keep whatever firewall they had however we replace that firewall with one of our own uh backups we we provide backup storage that then we synchronize to our servers Uh, so ultimately 90%, 95% of the hardware at the client side belongs to the client. Uh, basically if I am demanding control over backups, then that should be on my shoulders. Now with the understanding of if you decide to go some other way, you need to understand that this equipment and this software belongs to me and it's going back away with me so sure. the day that you decide okay we're done with you and we're no longer you know going to take care of you know you're, you're no longer going to take care of us uh, you know part of our contract reads very clearly that we're going to get our gear back so there there needs to be that that needs to be made very clear and so says my lawyer anyhow because what we don't want is to put in a brand new $5,000 firewall and then get canned the month after. And then I'm out five grand. You know what I mean?
0: I, I agree completely that that would be, uh, that would be sad.
1: Um, and I,
0: I think addressing ownership, Thomas is right. That addressing ownership in the statement of work or, or basically before the agreement's signed, making sure that's been addressed. Um, so I, 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 I agree with you there, though. Um, somebody has asked uh, if if he could get a, a copy of that part of your contract. So if you're willing to share that, Carlos, great. I understand. If not, lawyers are expensive. Um, and not everybody is in the same state with the same loss. Um, so I really I... like... Oh, sorry, I will leave it
1: I will leave it for folks to sort out with their lawyer. It, it isn't so much that the lawyers are expensive than we pay for this. It is that my lawyer may have a completely different approach than yours. And ultimately your lawyer is the one that's gonna have to put this contract into effect or, or bring the uh, the execution of it. To bear, And if you put something on your contract that your lawyer is not aware of and it's not clear on and it's not agreeant on, then you're just doing yourself a disservice and you're doing your lawyer a disservice. Actually, you're doing your your lawyer a great service because they're going to bill you extra hours to untangle what you have tangled. Fair enough.
2: I really like, Carlos, how you're setting up the um, expectations up front. I think that's probably one of the things that we've fallen short on the most. Is like being really, really clear what we do support and what we don't support. Um, And then, like, what's our responsibility and what's not our responsibility. Um, Okay.
3: So let's just try to go to google.com. Let's just try anything and see if it's anything's working.
0: I don't think google.com can help us right now, though.
1: I don't think so either. So, to that end, and this is later on in my notes of what we do uh, for onboarding, but. Part of what we make note of in the preliminary work is what applications are you using, right? So it's more than just, oh, yeah, we use Office. Well, no, really, within Office, what do you use? Do you really use Office in its entirety or just using Outlook or are using Outlook and Excel or Outlook and Word or whatever the case might be? That's number one. And number two, uh, there's always a line of business application. I have yet to run into a client that doesn't have a spe- a line of business specific application, be it for you know what well, whatever the, the, the their line of business is. That application we support for you, with the absolute positive caveat that you must maintain service and support on it. We are not service and support for that for that software. We are the intermediary. So, user number one has a problem with application A, and we have a service contract with application A developer, user number one doesn't have to make that call. They hand off that problem to us, we deal with the problem, and we deliver a solution to user number one, right? Um, we are not here to reinvent the wheel. We're not here to learn everything there is to be known about your line of business application. We are not here to code that line of business application, right? So. Mm-hmm yeah, we know that is written in whatever. Well, you know what? Even if we have access to the source code, which is, happens sometimes, not all the time, we are not coders. And I'm not going to hire a coder just to f- do some custom bit of programming for you. You're going to pay the line of business application developer for that.
0: Excellent. And that's, that's very good feedback because... Um, you're right, Just about every business has a line of business application, uh, whether they know it or not. Sometimes it's just in the cloud. sometimes it's a server with a database. Um, but it, it's it's hard to think of a company not using special. On- <laughs> so that sounds like uh, somebody has their phone next to the microphone, and when the phone vibrates, uh, it it makes all of our ears go crazy. Um, okay. So, uh, so that's good. Now, there's also some other things that we need to do that we haven't really thought about, um, add client to PSA, you know, uh, as, as simple as that is, uh, we need to do it. Um,
1: um can I pipe in on that as well? Yeah. Add prospect into PSA turn prospect into client after contract is signed uh, the, the fact is we I don't know about you but we deal with an awful lot of prospects and very few <laughs> clients and I don't know who will have pitched and or who anyone else in my company has pitched unless they're documented somewhere and that places the PSA so when you start prospecting and I'm, and I'm prospecting Steve and, and Taylor IT group I type in that I, I had lunch with steve today and you know he ordered the salmon because apparently he likes salmon and his contact information x, x y and z and we we start taking copious notes about you as the business owner from the very beginning because when it comes uh day zero where uh Ernest, you know a couple a few weeks back told us hey on day zero i show up with donuts right for everybody well, if I start taking copious notes about you, the business owner, early, and I find out that you're a diabetic, perhaps donuts aren't the thing to bring. Or if I do bring donuts, I also bring some other form of a treat that is sugar-free for the people that may not partake in the donuts.
0: That's that's good to know. It's very good to know. Um, can Can you guys pop in here and add uh, line items to the what we are providing section, because I think that will be helpful for us to know what we're onboarding. Um, and I'm, I'm sure this this is going to be different for everybody, but for me, I've got Office 365 Business Premium, Open DNS Umbrella, or Cisco Umbrella, whatever you wanna call it, uh, RMM, WebRoot, DNS made easy, and I'm sure there's a lot I'm forgetting. So feel free to pop in there and uh, and, and add your items for me. Feel free to just, you know, I don't need Webroot as a line item, ESET as a line item. You know, feel free to just, you know, think of that as your antivirus and, and move on from there. Okay. Um, so, so we're going to add them to the to the PSA. We're going to have to agree to onboard a client. And I'd say that happens after they've been added to the PSA. Schedule onboarding. Uh, this may need to be a couple weeks out, or maybe even a month out, depending on your processes and how long it takes for you to um, how long it takes for you to get all of the. Uh, tools that you that you use to implement everything
2: probably the biggest thing to me is we've done we've onboarded we're in the middle of onboarding our third client in two months (laughs) and so i mean we've added almost 200 users over the last two months and i (laughs) it's been a really good time but at the same time to some extent we have been a little overwhelmed and feeling like our process is like really stretched right now um and then seeing the onboarding document from Ernest, and it's, it's really caused me to rethink things. Uh, I think we'll definitely be slowing down some of our onboarding. And so like base it partially on the size of the client and how much, uh, I don't know, up to this point, we've always tried to do everything in 30 days or less and seeing some of what he talks about Mm -hmm. where he's doing everything in 90 days, it's really caused me to go back and think, um, I'm going to start spacing out the phases a lot more effectively. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really like what you're saying, Carlos. Where it's basically taken you like a month to prepare for this really big client, because we've managed to hold in and get it all done, but it's definitely caused the team to be a little stressed. And um, we've just been, and we've also been stacking projects on top of that, and it's been a little rough. So it's causing me to rethink like the whole process a lot.
0: Well, that's good, and it's it's absolutely it's absolutely good that you are. Rethinking our process. I think you know that's why we're all here is because we're we're starting to rethink our process.
1: Um, as, right, so, as a note, we yes. we are never done with our process. We've been doing this for 14 years, and anytime an idea from our team members comes up, or even a client comes up, we have to evaluate it and see can we make, can we make what we're doing better? Can we deliver better with what we have? Uh, what else can we add to the to the offerings if if we can afford it, right? Because every time I squeeze an efficiency out of the system, it means more money in my pocket, but it also means more money that I can either in, put in my pocket or put back towards providing more services to the client or making my business better. So... We we can't simply stop when we think we have a good system. We have to continually improve. Uh, uh, if you've read the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, anyone? No, I, no? I started it. Okay, the last habit is sharpen the axe, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what you call sharpening the axe. You can't stop because if you keep on whacking at things with the axe, the axe gets dull, and you have to sharpen it at some point in time, or you're not going to cut anything.
0: That is. Excellent, excellent news. Or news. I'm still a little uh, out of it, so I'm sorry if I say things that just sound completely ridiculous. <laughs> that is that is excellent advice, Carlos. Thank you. Um, okay, so uh, I added a couple of items. Uh, PSA. We've agreed to onboard a client, schedule the onboarding, add the client to the RMM, and generate the installation files. Some RMM tools, you actually have to like generate the files. I remember with like Continuum, for example, they, they weren't just there. You had to hit a button to generate your installation files. I'm, I'm pretty sure that might be the only wacky RMM tool that does that, but there it is.
1: No LabTech has site-specific uh, installation files as well. You can Same install it. You can install a basic one, which puts it into the general container, or you can generate one specifically for the client and site.
0: I I apologize, I misspoke. What I what I meant is, uh, when I used Continuum years ago, and and I can say this just about any RMM when I used whatever. <laughs> um, when uh, when I used Continuum years ago, you would hit the button to like generate the client files, and it would take. 15, 20, 60 minutes before you would have that installer file because I don't know an Indian guy was actually editing the code and, and putting that file up there. I have no idea.
1: It's much faster now.
0: Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, Brandon, uh, you said this is what it looks like when we're editing it. Is is there something wrong? Or... Just sharing to share I'm just curious that's all Um, oh okay Uh, okay so we've got somebody else adding a really awesome uh, checklist here financial review win the opportunity complete onboarding project holy cow so there's a lot in there as well all right so is there anything else that you're doing, Carlos, when you're when you're preparing to onboard?
1: Uh, I'm not a religious person, but I pray a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, I don't pray, but I, I definitely sit down and think about the client. Uh, I sit down with a notebook on my deck, and I realize that you know maybe this is not going to work for a lot of people. But I sit down with a notebook on my deck. I have a a notebook specific to the client, right? So I don't have one handy here because I have them all in my library. But if you're one of my clients, Steve, uh, when, when we start this whole thing, I have a notebook just for you, okay? And, and, and it, it make I make notes that I then turn into documents or turn into items in my uh PSA without a notebook because, you know, inspiration strikes us at different times, right? And sometimes having a computer in front of us isn't... This idea of editing a document live isn't very doesn't work for me. Uh, so I have my Steve notebook and in preparation, I'll sit in the, on, my, on my deck with uh, a f- nice beer or a nice glass of rum. And I'll think about what it is that, you know, in addition to, to the normal things that we talk about with every client, that I'm going to have to deal with you specifically because your line of business is different than everybody else's. Even if you're a manufacturer and I have 15 other manufacturers, your type of manufacturing is absolutely different than anybody else's. So I have to think about processes that aren't standard. Uh, yeah, a lot of the manufacturing stuff is going to apply to all the manufacturers, but not all the manufacturing stuff is going to apply to everyone. Um, and there's definitely going to be stuff that is specific to your specific type of manufacturing. Um so I may I, I, I seriously taking some time to sit down and just think about the client and think about put yourself in the business owner's shoe if this is a single person you know single owner or a handful of owners put yourself in their shoes because as we're, most of us are business owners here uh if it were my money what would I do because I still have to look out for number 1 right Mm -hmm. So I don't want to just spend money willy-nilly, but I need to spend some money to make things right, to make things more efficient so that my company can make more money so that then I can have more in my pocket. And if if I put myself in the shoes of that business owner, what would I do? So it takes time to get through all that. And a lot of time is spent during the onboarding thinking about what does my client – specifically in this moment uh, or or this type of client demand from me, need from me in addition to the norm Um, so I I don't know if I'm getting way too philosophical for you there or not but just it's
0: all good it's all good
2: I, I, I I like what you're saying Carlos because I think up until about six months ago I thought it was a very technical process, this whole onboarding thing and I'm beginning to realize it's sure there's technical that's uh, there's always technical involved with it but it's almost more the um (sighs) so much more than that um and that's something i've been really having to rethink and figure out how to make it so that way our team's really delivering so
1: you know from the technical aspect yes we we are absolutely required to deliver you know skills right but half the time we're, we're psychologists.
2: Dude, 80% of the time, let's why, why lie, it's not half. Um, Thank you for calling Etop uh, technical and uh, mental support. How can we help you? <laughs> uh,
1: I, I know Steven has seen me do this before. I know that uh, John has seen me do this before, but it's not uncommon for a call to come into my office. And if I recognize the number or if the caller ID pops, I will throw something funny their way because I'm. I know I know these people now. My text know these people now, and we know what works with some people. And we know what doesn't work with some people, right? So if the right person calls me right now, hello, you have called Raji. She's technical support department. How can I help you? Um, and if the wrong person, or if the right person calls right now, right? Hello, Miss. Uh, you know, Mister Tyler. How are you? Yes, yes, sir. Absolutely, sir. We're we're on it, sir. You know, and that goes a long ways. Knowing, knowing your client goes a really long ways towards developing a really good relationship that is beneficial to both of you very long-term.
0: I agree completely.
1: Well, for for
2: example, one of the new clients, we, um, we're just finishing up their Office 365 migration, basically finishing up their complete onboarding. Um, the controller who signs the checks loves Trenta Black Ice Tees. So every time one of my guys goes on sites, he gets a Trento black Ice tea. Um, it, it's, it's in an, an alert and auto task. It just, it just happens now. It's like four bucks every time he goes on site, but it's the best $4 I've ever spent in marketing. And somebody forgot once and I got a phone call like, Hey, what happened to my iced tea? Um, I mean, he's uh, joking, but he, you know what it, it's a very small thing, but, uh, Small He's things add up. up. Small things add up really fast,
1: and, and and I'm not talking in terms of dollars. You know that is costing you because sometimes they will add up that way. But ultimately, those things become part of the goodwill that is built into into the relationship, and. Yeah, you're going to get some frivolous calls about coming on site so that I can get that at black iced tea because, I, you know, it's hot and I don't want to go outside right now. Uh,
2: hey, I would drive out there just for that.
1: <laughs> but at the same time, you know, when I really need you and you show up and, you know, it's been a stressful day and the thing that calms me down is, is having a nice, you know, sip of my tea. Huh, man. William really helped me out on that one. Yeah, and...
2: Yeah, that, that's that been kind of a real fun thing to kind of start picking up on and figuring out how to do that for more people. And that's something that I think I really got out of um, Ernest's doc is trying to know at least one personal thing about every single person in the building. Um, John, you bet, I, I'll sign you up for the IT as a or ICT as a service right away. Um, we'll even throw some technical consulting in on the side.
0: <laughs> it's only $4 a week.
2: You no, know, it's a lot more than that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you pay me six grand a month, I'll drop off iced teas whenever I come by. You got it.
0: All right, we got a uh, we got a lot of people adding some some information here. This is fantastic. Um, all right, so so day zero, I just want to recap what I've got here. Um, make sure that they are a client in the PSA. Um, schedule the onboarding. For when you are comfortable uh, uh, doing the onboarding, for you know, once you've already got all your tools received, um, add them to the RMM, generate installation files. Um, we need to find out what applications they're using. Um, now, is is this part of the onboarding though? Finding out what applications they're using. I mean, I I would think that's that's more part of the prospect.
1: Not necessarily. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody's pretty much going to run Firefox or Chrome, right? So that's kind of like, yeah, whatever. But sometimes you're going to find that, uh, as an example, have a client who still to this day has to have IE9 with a very specific build of Java. And you say, why? Well, you know what? Because... They are suppliers in the automotive industry, and the people they're supplying to generate all of their shipping documents and ordering documents with a platform that was built in-house by Honda. And Honda says, thou shall. So if you don't have the things that work right, Honda pretty much flips you the bird and starts charging you by the minute every time you shut down their, their line of business. So the client In my P, in my RMM, that client does not get any IE updates. That client does not get any uh, Java updates. And the client's been made aware if if it hits the fan and you get, you know, nailed because of a a vulnerability in either Java or IE, we're not covering it. But at the same time, we can't upgrade their software or or their IE and, and Java because then they won't be able to do business with Honda, which does 60% of, their, of their, uh, their monthly, yearly income, right? So you have to be very mindful as to what the client needs for software. And doing that in the prospecting phase is time that is not well spent, because you don't know for a fact that, that that's going to become a, a, a client. Now, once they become a client, definitely part of the onboarding right you don't waste time with with fin- finding out the minutiae during the uh, prospecting you you spend time finding out the minutiae when it is worthwhile to your to your, doll- to your pocketbook uh, time is money
2: i feel like what you're saying carlos is during prospecting and this is something that I've, I've noticed is when you're prospecting, you find out whether they like iced tea, whether they like salmon, whether they like steak, you build a relationship. You want some idea of what's going on internally, but that can be set up for like a separate technical discovery meeting. Um, yeah, for me, it's, it's really a lot more about the, um, the relationship. And if you have a really solid relationship built, you can overcome almost all technical
0: problems. Excellent. Is there, is there anything else that you guys feel needs to be in day zero for right now, or can we move on to day one? I feel like day one's a good place to be now. All right. So I I think day one, I got to start with what Ernest starts with. Bring food. Everyone likes to eat, whether it's apples or donuts or something else, um, Bring bring something for everybody to munch on because that's always a good first impression.
2: So we don't do it days day one, but we do something called coffee and donuts. Um, we usually schedule it for two to three weeks in, so we'll get like all of our administrative stuff going, and then we'll schedule an on site time with all of the staff. And depending on how large the company is, we can do it in four or five waves. We'll basically do like a quick overview of us as a company, how to get in touch with us, our support methods, ask them questions, and do just like kind of like a, hey, it's us. And we'll bring you know four or five coffee travelers, you know, four or five dozen donuts. And we'll have three or four members of the team there. And we'll just shake hands, talk to people, get to know them, um, spend time ask them to you know, show them like how to submit like a really good ticket versus like a help. My computer don't work. Um, so we, we try to do as much training during that time as possible. Um, so that's what we do specifically. Um, so we have like a whole little PowerPoint that's all about coffee and donuts and creating good tickets and stuff. So we try to keep it really light, easy, fun. Usually it's 10, 15 minutes. They get to meet people in our, in our company. It helps humanize the people behind the phone.
0: Well, and, and I'm surprised you said like second or third week, you do an introduction with like the whole staff,
2: not everyone, but a bunch of people. Yeah.
0: So I would, I would hate to wait that long for, (laughs) I would hate to, I'm sorry, Tom makes me laugh. Uh, I would hate to wait that long for people to know how to get a hold of us, because you know, hey, I heard we got a new IT guy. Oh yeah, I've got this problem. Uh, who? How do I get in touch with them? Oh,
2: well, so I, <laughs> I guess for, I guess for me, day, I, I just count the days differently. So it's like that's probably day one on this list. So it's like I for me, I, to me, day one is probably around where you start doing the coffee and donuts. Um, and we start counting backwards. So that's when we start doing all the backend work. Um, I don't know. It, it's worked for us at the, for the moment. Um, I can see changing around some of that process. Um, but sometimes it allows us to do all the things we need to do before we, um, start getting support calls.
3: A, a big one for us has been, uh, on day one, when we have a technical support staff come on site and photograph everything with customer permission, of course. Um, in order for the remote help desk team to be able to support the people that are there without actually having been to the office. And a lot of our offices are pretty far away from us that we support. Um, having really good detailed photographs helps which machine, which printer, which jacks on the wall, which, um, you know, random thing in the ceiling. Um, we have all that photograph. That's day one for us because generally once we've cut over and we're, you know, we're onboarding, but once they're our client to support, they're going to start calling and I don't want my, uh, remote help desk team to be useless because they can't help the client very well. So that's critical for us.
2: I really like hearing that. That's good.
1: We, we photograph some stuff, but we don't go to the extent of photographing everything. We probably should go down that road. Now I, it's okay, Edward.
0: I'm actually going to say that out loud. Um, he, he accidentally sent that to me uh, privately a lot of what's been talked about so far is very hands-on and time-consuming. I'm not downplaying any of this, but I'm curious how much of the process changes based on the size of the account.
1: So- For me, none. For me, none. Uh, I'll treat a client with one system the same as I treat a client with a hundred thousand systems. Uh, the first couple of months are very, very hands-on, very touchy-feely, very lots of face time, and you know that thins down on purpose because, you know, the fact is being on site costs me an awful lot of money and I'm not in business to lose money. I'm in business to make money. And besides the idea is for me to be able to spread the expense of a large IT department among several, you know, several customers. And I can't do that if I'm dedicating my department to you specifically forever endeavors just doesn't work out, you know, financially. So we have the touchy feely for the first month and two and it starts to thin down right, you know, right after the the first couple of weeks. Uh, And then even then we still have regular on-site visits because if they see your face, they remember that, Oh yeah, there is a human that belongs to the voice that speaks to me on a regular basis or that replies to my emails on a regular basis. Uh, But at the same time, like this morning, I had an emergency call from yesterday. We, I don't know if you were there when I was talking to Chris Tiffany about it. Uh but I, I had plans to work from this office all day today. Guess what? I had to roll. At the same time I had commit- other commitments. I had a commitment to be here at one. So at twelve oh five I cut off the, the client and I said, Okay, we've dealt with the emergency. The rest of this is not emergency. I have a commitment a, a one and it's a forty five minute drive. Gotta go. We
3: um we don't uh we have minimums. So, when you mention one client, so if the one customer is paying six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month, then absolutely we would spend the time with them. But if we're talking about one person that has a home computer or a two person office or something, we're not going to put that kind of like what we're talking about here. We're making an assumption that this is a fully managed client. So, for fully managed clients, we have a minimum. I don't care how many seats you have if you're below our minimum ideal seat, as long as you're paying the minimum cost. Um, and as far as the photos, we document everything in Confluence we've put a lot of time and effort into building out custom templates and custom documentation in confluence. Although I am keeping my eye on glue because they do have a, a really nice system there. Uh, eventually it may make sense, but for now, confluence is what we use.
0: Um, somebody just asked if it glue is worth the money. Um, I'll say that it has been for us. Uh, and by us, I mean me, cause I'm the only guy, but um, for for me it's it's been fantastic to just have all my documentation in one place and the fact that they've got a bunch of templates in there to remind me this is all the stuff i need to be collecting for each client uh that's that's been really helpful for me as well uh for more um uh, well better established companies that may already have those those types of processes, or uh, templates, or whatever you want to think about it as, uh, in place, then IT glue may not may not be a, a good investment for you. I, I would say that it's not for everybody, but it's great for me. Okay, um, so bring food, uh, welcome email, QA common issues. I like that. Um, let's let's figure out what issues are they having right now uh what issues do they have frequently uh you know does the internet go down and they have to go in there and reboot the router every every week Um, and then we can start to use that information to come up with additional projects (laughs) and and sell the client more things because you know we're all here to make money right um well, what else you guys got? Feel free to start adding things to these days. Don't don't let me be the only one. This is this is for all of us.
1: Um, well, typing in becomes really hard when there's three people typing. You start everybody runs on to top of each other. I was trying to type something in earlier, and somebody else is helping me misspell things. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Fair enough.
0: Um, so, so what about uh, you know, showing up? I know Ernest likes to show up on day one and he even shows up early. Uh, he wants to greet each person as they arrive. Here's, here's the food I brought. Uh, I'll, I'll swing around later after you've had some time to get settled in and get caught up on emails or whatever it is you do. And, and we'll talk further. I don't want you to feel like you have to talk to me right now. What, what Do you guys do anything like that?
1: Well, for opening day, right, for day one, we have a template email that we send out to everyone. Part of what we do prior to day one or, you know, between negative 15 and zero is that we create a distribution list of all the people that are supposed to actually talk to us, right? Not every one of on the client site ha- is allowed to talk to us. Uh, the client doesn't care that you know Jimmy in the production department can't print because Jimmy has a boss and the boss and Jimmy's boss is the one that's supposed to tell you hey Carlos uh, Jimmy can't print right so we make a distribution list of all the people that matter and uh, that email goes out to all the people that matter it's an introduction to the company how to how to reach up you know reach us phone number. Service email address, uh, hours, uh, you know, business hours, what to do before or after business hours. Uh, you know, if it really hits the fan, here are ways so you can contact us. Uh, uh, so that goes out day one, the morning of day one, before I even show up to the site. When we are on site, the same people that are the ones in the key personnel list, are also the first people I try to meet. I want to meet everyone Hmm. because even though Jimmy doesn't get to talk to me directly, I need to know Jimmy. Right. But at the same time, I need to know Jimmy's boss a little bit better than Jimmy because Jimmy's boss has 15 people under him or her. And Mm -hmm. that's the person that's really going to be filtering issues my way. If that person knows that Jimmy's prone to saying that the printer's broken when Jimmy's been told a thousand times, look, Jimmy, you put paper in the tray and it works. They're triaging tickets for me and they don't even know it. <laughs> so those are the people that I really, really want to get to know that day. They, you know, I want to get to know everyone, but the people that are important to me are the the people who can talk to me. Because for those, those are the people that are going to be sending me emails, those the people that are going to be calling my office saying, I need help. Uh, from there on... If the client has good internet access, I plan on spending the whole day there. I can take care of my other clients from there because my phone is on my computer, right? Because my tickets come in on Connectwise, and I have access to my email. So I can access any issues I need to access by simply using my laptop. And that way I'm available all day to deal with things that come up from deployment of our RMM. Inevitably, Day one, when we deploy things at midnight of day zero, midnight day one, you know that that, that threshold is when we typically deploy. Um, it, inevitably something's going to come up. I have yet to have a deployment where uh, we've we sent everything that we wanted to send out out, and the user didn't go, "Hey, my PDFs aren't opening right." I'm like, what do you mean your PDFs aren't opening right? Let me go. Oh, that's right. I deployed you know, Foxit reader in place of Adobe Acrobat and I made it your default Um, and it doesn't look right. But just because it doesn't look right, it doesn't mean they're not opening right. Right. So we have to triage the, the whole, we've deployed some stuff that you're not used to seeing, you know, and some people accept that and go with it. And some people are, you have to hold their hand and go, yes. Yes, no, no, nothing special. No, I promise you. I promise you, Steve, nothing special. All you have to do is double-click the file. Yes, just as you always have. I know it looks. I know the icon is different. I know, no big deal. You you can still read your PDF. Good, good. All right. Uh, Yes, that that extra icon in the bottom. Yeah, that's me. I sent an email about that this morning, and that little you know boot with the the head with a boot in it. Yeah, that's me. That's so that I can help you out. No, no, I am not spying on you. And these are legitimate conversations I've had with users. You know, I I had I had a call yesterday from a client that I've had for four years to say, okay, um, do you mind getting off my computer? I'm sorry, I'm not on your computer. Yes, you are. It says you're on my computer. Like, no, I was there first thing this morning when, when you asked me to remote in and take a look at something you were having issues with, but I since left that session. No, 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 it says... You're on my computer. Okay, well, let me take – can you take a screenshot and show me? Well, it turns out that what happened was we had to provide a screenshot to their line of business software about what was happening. I sent the screenshot out. She did not, for some reason, delete my screenshot and for some reason opened it again. And the screenshot has the – is full screen. And it has the toolbar at the top that says, hey, Carlos is remoted in. So she thought I was spying on her all day. And she's paranoid anyways. And she's on thin, on thin ice with her boss anyways. So she thinks that I'm spying on her for her boss. I'm like, I'm not. I don't have to do that stuff. I have other things to do. There are things far more important than spying on you, I promise. And
2: monitoring does not mean I'm sitting there watching what you do all day, every day. So,
1: But,
0: but I do know about that porn you were watching earlier. Well, I, I know
1: about all, believe it or not, <laughs> I know about all that. Part. I'll tell you this. I had no idea what Ashley Madison was. Uh, this, uh, probably five or six years ago, uh, I, we, we had a spam filter that we, that we had built up on our own uh, f- uh, as a spin-off of something else. It was a, it was a project in SourceForge that's now dead, um, and we had spun up our uh, additions to it. And we had a really nice, tight spam filter. And uh, I had a client that came up to me that we had managed and said, hey, uh, you're blocking some email for me. I need you to open it up. I'm like, "Just tell me the domain. and I'll add it to the whitelist. And he told me the domain. He said, Ashley Madison. Like, okay, great. AshleyMadison.com, open. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a weird name for a business. And I didn't think anything of it. And then the Ashley Madison uh, password scandal happened. And I was like, oh, I've heard of that business before. ho. <laughs> Turns out Steve was cheating on his wife. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know?
4: <laughs> In fairness, it was just a boss. So
3: Learn a was, lot yeah. at these meetings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so things that you find out from your clients are interesting. I mean, like, I, I don't live a sheltered life, and I had no idea what Ashley Madison was when the scandal happened.
0: And then and then you remember you, uh, you opened that up for somebody.
1: Oh, yeah. That is a very memorable name on a business, isn't it?
0: And and now is that person still a client of yours? No. <laughs> have Have you sent them an invoice for hush money?
1: <laughs> no. Um, I. It, it happens that that was a partnership, and I don't know if you know this. The only ship that doesn't float is is a partnership. Uh, <laughs> they they had a, they had a falling out as partners, and as soon as I started seeing divorce papers happening. I was like, <laughs> guys, find another IT company. I'm not going to get – I'm going to be left holding the bag here because that was exactly what was going to happen. And I know the company that took over that account, and that's exactly what happened to them. It took a year longer, but that's exactly what happened to them.
0: Um, wow. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that.
1: So backing up on day – on pre-day zero – Something that just came up, and I didn't, I can't believe I didn't make mention of this, and that is document all the important domains that your customer uh, communicates with, especially if you're going to provide a spam filter, which is something that we do. uh, Document all the important domains, and I'm not talking about Gmail, and I'm not talking about Yahoo or any of the other, you know, spam services. I'm talking about they're definitively talking to. Taylor IT group and it's tayloritgroup.com and they're definitively talking to honda and it's not honda.com it's hondausa.com and it's honda taiwan.com uh and so on and so forth make a list of all those definitive emails and add those to if not a whitelist in your spam filter add those to a doesn't you know, doesn't qualify as spam unless it meets this other threshold. By default, it's not spam unless it meets some other threshold. Uh, because if you're putting in a spam filter in the line of bi- for the line of uh, for the business, and they rely, like most businesses rely on, a lot of emails to come in, and you start blocking that as spam, you're now cutting off the dollars that are going to pay your bill, and that doesn't flow well.
0: So uh how okay, okay, so I'm I'm pretty sure we have <laughs> I don't know how to fix that one, Brandon. Um, it's a phone person, I think. So uh I, I think we have MSPs in here of all sizes. So I think it's easy enough to just say, you know, deploy the RMM to the servers, create a group policy, uh, deploy it out to the endpoints. Um what if they don't have a server? What if it's a smaller client? and as long as they're paying your minimum, I don't care i mean let's let's avoid that. But what if it's a smaller client and they only have workstations or laptops? What if they are all laptops and And they have you know thirty salespeople that are always out in the field and never come into the office? How do you address that and make sure that every single system is getting the RMM tool installed
3: We email it uh, we email the link out and let them uh, run the installer. And then my, uh, one of my, either the guy run the project or one of the help desk guys, or even the office manager, somebody will call and harass them until it's run, usually daily. Uh, Minimum, uh, sorry, I don't know if I'm getting off topic on this one, but we start at 600 a month for an ACE package, like an all you can eat package, which is a lot lower than I know a lot of the guys, but you gotta draw the line somewhere. And for us that works, we're in a rural area. I don't know if if people see me talk before Dotto stuff and everything. Our town is twenty five hundred people. Oh, a lot of small businesses. So,
0: very, very nice. Good information. Um. So, I guess, I guess, day one, you know. the, the part where it's, it starts to get fuzzy is making sure that the RMM tool gets deployed on every computer because, you know, if it's just your, your average office environment where everyone just has a computer, I mean, you could walk around and as, as you're uh, mingling with everybody and getting to know them, you could say, hey, can I just sit down at your computer while we get to know each other? Uh, it'll just take me, you know, two minutes. I want to uh, install some software to, to help make sure I'm able to provide you guys the best tech support possible whatever
1: Um, do that for you what was that why not have a central place do that for you because even on on workstation networks right without a domain Mm -hmm. typically what you have to do is you have to create at least an administrative account that has the same username and password on all the machines and if you have that in place you can designate one of those machines as the quote unquote host and deploy your rmm tool with a script from there to all the machines on the network
0: and, and here's where, here's where I, I'm not – I'm definitely not the smartest guy in the room when it comes to this. Don't I have to walk around to every computer and create that, that centralized username?
1: If it's not there yet, yes. However, presuming that they've been operating as a work group, that has t- must have been all- there already. And if it's not, you definitely... I mean, you, you give our clients
0: a lot of credit, Carlos. Pre- presuming well, that they've had a work group for file
1: shares is a big presumption.
4: <laughs>
1: I mean... But we, we I the other way around.
4: Last year, we had a customer come on board that has about 55 computers, no, uh, no server. Well, they have a server for their LOB app, but not uh, domain. And uh, about 30 of those are salespeople. Um so what we ended up doing was on basically on day one, they have meetings with all their salespeople um on the two different teams, different days of the week. Um and so what we did was we went in on that meeting and had them bring all their laptops, everything else. We installed it on all of them and then started the initial cleanups and everything like that. Um, and then from there we just push it out. We actually have a separate web page directly for them. So every time when they hire someone new, they can go there and basically hit the grab their initial stuff. Um since we don't have a good way to centrally push it out because the laptops are rarely even on the same network to be able to do a work group push or anything like that. Um, and it's worked out all right so far. I mean, it, we, we want to get them to a domain server, but, you know, one step at a time.
3: All right, anybody uh, pushing out uh, like Azure AD? I mean, Steve, Steve you mentioned the uh, 30 uh, salespeople and no, no central office. Um, that's something we're not doing right now, but we have looked at. You can do Azure AD, have them all join. I mean, you could even use, uh, have, you know, Microsoft Autopilot. You can fully provision computers and push them out, apparently. Um, is that something anybody on here is doing?
0: I never heard of Microsoft Autopilot.
1: Me either.
3: Yeah, it requires some sort of – I think look at the prereqs are probably why you haven't heard about it. But I, I see where they're going with this, and I thought it was interesting. Hmm. The key there that we're going to – is the Intune or MDM service. Um is is the issue but basically the idea is you can send out fully pre -pre pre-provisioned things uh when with this is a little off on onboarding but like we set up all of our machines here join with the client's vpn fully stage them and then when they're deployed they're just dropped off but that's outside of scope onboarding so
0: interesting well i think uh maybe we can have a windows autopilot webinar coming up i think that's a great idea (laughs) Let me open up my sticky notes and Windows Autopilot webinar. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you guys would do on day one that you think really needs to be on here? Or?
1: For, for us, yes. Uh, and I, I realize that this, this is very us specific but you may may incorporate it into yours. Uh, We deploy at least a workstation of our own or a VM of our own and a Raspberry Pi. Um, The Raspberry Pi is loaded with all the tools I could possibly ever need to troubleshoot an issue on the network when I have almost no connectivity. So... I can SSH into it and from there do what I, what I need to do. Uh, the Windows workstation is to do everything else because I don't want to be taking over your computer to do things that I need to do on your computer if I don't have to. So, for example, if I need to update a line of business application that the update gets sent out by email, I'm just going to make sure that the process is not running on your computer and then I'm just going to replace the executable using your network share that you know c dollar sign on your computer um and while yes we can do this from the server we like to leave servers as alone as possible so i don't like tinkering with servers unless i actually need to do work on the server so in order to do that we deploy an inexpensive computer and a raspberry pi to do you know troubleshooting in things Uh, to that end the Raspberry Pi always gets plugged into a managed switch, and the rare occasion that we don't have a cl- that we have a client without a managed switch, um, you know, that's pro- becomes part of the requirement. But you know, what I want to do is be able to tell the switch mirror everything to the Pi's port so that I can capture everything that's going on and see where the problem is at, without having to go physically on site.
3: Uh, do you not? Uh, you deploy a standard firewall of some sort. Yes. What we do is we have a FortiGate at every site. And so we just have a VPN account for each tech. And we just VPN into the network. And then sometimes we'll have like a VM or something like that that we'll connect to if we need to do anything on the thing. But generally, we found that we've been able to eliminate having to have that on-site
1: device by just being able to VPN into the network. I used to do that. And where I got nailed on it was I had to solve a problem that was uh, a network loop. Some other vendor went in. To do some work, and they just grabbed the network cable from the conference room and plugged it into their laptop and did work as they're supposed to. And then when they left, some other vendor came in and saw that there was a network cable loose and saw an empty hole in the wall and went, Oh, that must be where it belongs. Now, your switches and
3: not detect that sort of stuff and block that? What kind it's of thing?
1: It's supposed to, <laughs> but for some reason it didn't, right? Yeah. So the whole network's at a standstill. I can't VPN in because the firewalls also being the, the firewall network, uh, uh, land port is also being flooded. I have almost no connectivity in, and these clients are two and a half hours away. I can either solve it now or I can drive two and a half hours and solve it then. And, you know, we got lucky. We got flat out lucky. And I said, okay, what has been different in the last since it started? And it was like, well, you know, Joe Bob came over from this company, and he used the conference room. i was like, okay, can you go in the conference room and tell me what it looks like? Because it looks just kind of weird. And yeah, sure enough, we were able to say it was, you know, a looped cable. But that may happen somewhere, you know. And again, these are HP managed switches, and they're supposed to take care of that, you know, because we have spanning tree enabled. Uh, are you getting alerted when stuff gets plugged into your networks? Not at that time. We are now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the SOF Elk, but. I'm,
3: yeah, I am. Avic Ovik. So if you want like the real pro tools these days, it seems to be Auvik, Um Picks up everything. We're on the alpha for. Uh, um, what is it First called? Logic on. Now, Dog? Max Focus, whatever they're called today. Um, their alpha of their network detection stuff is currently being tested and it's pretty solid. Oh,
0: you, you mean. mean you mean solar winds logic now max focus hound dog whatever gfi yeah i like
3: to, i like to just string it together into
0: one big max, one. max dog solar focus exactly max dog solar focus that's the one you're familiar okay yeah <laughs> um so so i'd say this is where i would go to day 2 cuz i don't want to make too many changes on day 1 i don't want a bunch of angry people <clears throat> so i've I've deployed my RMM tool. Live dangerously, uh, I've Steve. Everybody. I've met everybody, and uh, that, that's about it. Um, day two, I would review my RMM tool in the morning. You know, Clean up the noise tickets, because I'm not sure if you know this, but uh, RMM tools make a bunch of crap tickets. Uh, change the thresholds to prevent further noise. Uh, see if any legit issues exist. And then uh, after that, I would check um, PSA ticketing uh, for people complaining about their computer being slow after I installed all of my crap. (laughs) That's the technical term that the clients usually use, by the way. Um, What do you guys do? uh, do, What do you guys do? do? do you have people that are complaining that their computers get slow after you deploy your RMM tool?
1: Inevitably. Okay. Sometimes. Even even when we haven't deployed anything. Hey, whatever you did yesterday f- broke our network. Like, I, I haven't a really that's, got- a, that's a sales opportunity. That's, what so that's, why, I mean. that's why you don't tell them. Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> we haven't even made the... So here's, made a, here, here's a question.
3: Uh, for those of you that are including a firewall, whether you're making the customer pay or not, Steve, you awesome. said you don't install it on day one. Well, when do you guys sure. install it?
4: <laughs> I would
3: that's a day one for us. Uh, But even day two, we'll call it day two. If you like, I'm fine with that, but we've gone to sites and found that they had hundred meg, (laughs) for example, Um, everything, hundred meg, which is unacceptable. So, you know, then we're coming in we're going to replace that. We try to actually, you mentioned, do the RMM tools, slow the systems down. We try to look for ways that we can speed the systems up without impacting the client too negatively and therefore making it look like our crap actually improved things. So recently, we found the 100 meg thing is a recent thing. We literally found somebody that had uh, 248 port 100 meg switches, and they were trunked on uh, 100 meg port. Um, We basically ripped that out, put in uh, gig switches. And uh, then uh, another thing we did was uh, the previous IT support told us that the best internet they could get there was 15 by 5. So we called the ISP and then had them bump to 120 by 20. Um, and it was $5 a month less. So we told the client, you're now saving money and whatever. And then he actually didn't know how to do networking at all. So he actually had two firewalls and two internet connections. So that took a little longer to fix for reasons that are kind of outside the scope of this. But within two months, we actually replaced their second internet connection with nothing. Um, and then, yeah, so, so my whole thing there is, when you're putting your crap on there, and I'm going to keep calling it crap because I think that's great. When you're putting your crap on there, are you removing off a poorly configured Symantec SCP? Are you removing um, four antiviruses off of each computer? You know, when they've got like malware, defender, yada, yada yada. they have four different things on there. Cause there's some things you can do on day one or two to actually make them think you're the best, which is
1: our goal. Well, what I normally do is I lace the donuts and the coffee that I bring with some <laughs> stuff that makes them think that I am. Are you best. in
3: Colorado or is that a, is that a
0: Colorado Shh. thing? <laughs>
1: in Indiana. Don't let them fool you. <laughs>
0: um, so I would say day two is when I deploy the new firewall. Um, because uh, again, I don't want to make too many waves on day one. Day okay. two is when I make my back All appliance right. going in on day two. Um, I would say backup appliance goes in on day two as well. I'm I'm curious as to
4: what makes so so. Usually, when we do them, things like 10 100 switches, all that stuff is caught long before we take the client on because that's part of our initial uh, either requirement of upgrade hardware or at least our initial survey. And then usually things like the firewall appliance installation, stuff like that, is going in either before we deploy our RMM tools. Or like at the same time, I'm um, just curious as to, you know, why maybe that would be done afterwards. I guess I always try to get like the physical network
3: these, up, these, uh, these, these switches, know, re-
4: redone first, you know,
3: these switches were in a bathroom behind a shower wall.
4: Oh sure. um and uh, we actually
3: we had switches sorry, the had
0: fireball, right?
3: behind oh, switch. these were uh, the shower <laughs> these were it would have got put out if it was a firewall because the shower but uh, they had they had switches you know and i'm not talking about like these were 48 port switches this wasn't a sprinkling of eight ports under desks so yeah right. guilty is charged on this one we did not check behind the shower i apologize no, I was just more.
4: You know, I mean, everyone's going to have those one-off uh, issues, you know, stuff like that. Um, more just along the lines of like, you know, usually our like, I guess initial initial site consultations. It's like, all right, you got fifty users. How come you only have twelve port switch in the network rack? You know. Uh, but then usually I'd want all that stuff done beforehand. Obviously, there's the outliers that happen. Otherwise, oh, just kind of for us. For us, going. we
1: have all that stuff prepped so that we can have that go in on day zero or day one. Uh, um, and someone said something about backups. I have no. backups ready to go before we make any changes to anything, because if I do screw up,
0: really
1: idea. I want to have a, a, a CYA. I believe it's CYA, CYA, CYA. So yeah, backups happening before I touch anything so, else. I want right. to go back. To, I want to touch wait, on Chris there, What you were saying.
0: To, hold, hold on real quick. Do backups get installed before RMM gets installed?
4: In my case, yes. Yes.
1: Sure. Again, I, I need to have a graceful way of putting everything back the way it was before I did anything. You're still
3: monkeying with their stuff a bit, though. Like if, if they have, if they're backing up the tape with Semantic or Veritas or whatever, and you're going in and putting a Dotto in, you're still installing software, rebooting the server, and then doing an initial backup. Are you leaning on the existing backups at all, or are you just dumping it right away?
1: I don't trust the initial backups. Their their system backups at all. Me neither. But I'm just curious. With the Um, basically, I know for a fact that I can trust Datto and I know for a fact that I can uh, trust StorageCraft. I have tested them. I've put them through the ringer. Oh, once they're done, but
3: you get what I'm saying? Like, you have to uninstall the existing backup solution. You have to install your, your software. You then need to reboot the server. I don't know about you guys, but that's the scariest thing for me is on a new client rebooting the server
1: the first time. And, and Especially then, when you see the uptime has <laughs> been three years, you go. <gasps> exactly.
3: Or if there's orange blinking lights and the hard drives are failing. I mean,
1: <laughs> you know,
3: uh, just a few things that are concerning to me. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, so I agree. agree. I do agree. And we do the same thing. We put the Dotto in right away. And then another thing, uh, if you'd use Adotto or whatever you use, uh, round trips are super important on the first time because uh, otherwise they're going to think you killed their internet when you're uploading like a terabyte for a week.
1: I tell so- them to just quit looking at porn during the workday. <laughs>
3: okay but if you don't mind i want to go back to chris what you were saying about the early discovery phase so let's hypothetically say you went in you did a discovery you found out that they had a failing hard drive on their server you found out you didn't like anything in their environment pretty much so you have this list of stuff you want to replace server firewall backup appliance etc are you going in day one and putting all that in
4: yeah how you, usually usually when we do that we go in on the weekend beforehand um we go and replace all that stuff before we deploy our rmms because to be honest the rmm on the desktop is uh less important like if, if i have to support a network for a week without an rmm deployed on a network uh, on a desktop i can handle it if i have to support that network for a week with failing drives on servers bad network equipment all kinds of other infrastructure issues it's going to be hell on earth. Um, so for us, we get the infrastructure taken care of first. And usually that's all done after hours or on the weekend. And then, you know, if we, if we come in on the weekend, replace server stuff, replace network hardware, you know, redo Wi-Fi, everything else. Then day one, Monday, we're going to push out the RMS, the, you know, all that stuff is so usually the we end up running it.
3: One thing that I'll say about that is sometimes we put it here with the RMS tool. We don't turn everything on right away. Um, sure. but we at least want to be able to have our remote access.
4: Yeah, I mean, usually things like our remote access to like the server happens, you know, before we even push to other stuff. You know,
0: ours is a fried. Is fried chicken. Or something. Sounds
3: like some good fried chicken.
4: Yeah, apparently. Yeah. How to respond to that? Somebody's not muted.
3: We don't have much fried chicken up here in the cold white north. We have seals.
4: Where are you at, Chris? Okay. Or, uh, I don't know who's talking right now. It's Chad. Okay.
3: I, it's Canada. Canada, right?
4: Canadian.
3: How about that? How about that, eh? Is that hey. what you guys want to? Yeah? Where that? in Canada? Well, my hoose is uh, in Ontario. Okay. Hoose? My hoose. How about he's that? He's messing with me. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, but okay. no, really. Really, <laughs> I'm uh, we're on about an hour outside of Toronto.
0: in a rural okay. area. Excellent. Um, So, all right. So I made a little bit of changes here um, based on what Chris said. And obviously this, this document is going to be sent to everyone. So you guys edit it as you want. Um, But day zero, I I changed day zero to be when you deploy backups and hardware. Um, So any firewall switches, et cetera, to help make all of this stuff work better um what else do we do on day two is there anything else that we that we do on day two when do we uh is is this when we start deploying office 365 or is that like you know babysit,
3: babysit. yeah we don't we don't uh, that's a little aggressive we, babysit yeah. a little bit of babysitting i think
4: isn't isn't day, day two is usually when i cash the check and have a nice spot of scotch
3: oh no, no the check's been cashed before that we, we wouldn't be there on day, day one if we didn't get zero. the check.
4: Well, you, you got to wait for it to clear the bank, and then you want to make sure that they don't want the check back after day one. <laughs> uh, no, and it's, you can celebrate.
3: It's, it's, well, we, we actually get the check before we order the gear. So our Dotto is two weeks out. Our firewall is a week and a half out because it comes from California. So, uh, sure. uh, so being serious, yeah, we collect the check with the contract, deposit the check, and then, and we don't bill in arrears. So we're always billing ahead. So technically, we're like well paid in advance.
4: Well, you know. It still leaves you some time to celebrate.
3: Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, i the on to the next one, right?
4: Right. Amen. Day two, I usually am not really as concerned about being on site. We usually make someone's, sure someone's on call, but I guess it all depends on the size of the client, too, and how much uh, face time you're able to get on day one
3: we're not big on the Like our, we try to be on site as little as possible. Like a lot of you guys are talking about being, I think, mean, I think Carlos is the one that said he likes to work from there for the day or whatever. That is the opposite of what we try to do. We go there, we do everything we need to do as far as like the photos and everything else, getting everything documented. And then we get the heck out of Dodge because as Todd just said, they rolling trucks cost money. And that is terrible. Um, to answer Paul, I hope you guys don't mind us to answer these things as they come up. Um, as far as ownership of the equipment. So we have two ways of doing it. Typically I prefer to sell the Dotto to the client. I prefer to sell the firewall to the client. Um, we've had to pull firewalls from clients in the past. I don't like doing that. It's kind of uncomfortable. So um, cause sometimes they don't fully understand the agreement, even though it's in the agreement. So anyway, the point is we've now had people calling up in the last couple of years asking for managed backups or managed firewalls as a service and in that case, we will do the uh, retaining ownership. I don't have a problem with it. I just, I like to keep things simple.
4: No, I know how it is. All, almost all of our phone systems that we deploy are all uh, hardware as a service. We own all the equipment. Um, and so, yeah, it definitely gets a little awkward sometimes if you go into business and just yank 30 phones out. We've we've done it. We've we've backed the truck
3: up. We've gone in, we've pulled the plug. It's just, and it's not like we have a problem doing it. It just depends on the client. Um, My target demographic is typically older. And the, uh, you know, I'd say if I had to like pin it down, I'd say 55 plus year old male business owners, general managers are the ones that I sort of, that makes up probably 90% of my customer base. And they like to own things. They don't like to uh, rent them. So Mm -hmm. I go along with that. I'm fine with that.
4: I'm, I never mind selling them the stuff. I just yeah. uh, you know a, a lot of times they like that whole, uh, you know, in for a new phone system for their 30, 30 desks for, you know, $1,000 up front versus, you know, five grand up front or eight grand oh, up front.
3: I, I, hey, I love it. The ones that are on as a service is great because I, if I don't like the model they're on anymore, or, um, you know, for example, when we were doing like the, the C Series FortiGates, a lot of them got real slow when the uh, 5.4 came out. We just rip them out if we want to. Whereas they bought it, we have to enter a sales cycle again, which,
4: you know yeah it's hard it's hard to sell customers on an upgrade I and mean, that's like all of our right now we're we're trialing slash moving to uh um uh a uh, barracuda's uh backup um hardware device and uh they replace it every three years under under service so we just provide it as a service then because we go look we replace it every three years or if it fails sooner it gets replaced sooner. Dotto right has
3: now. a trade-up program right so it's a similar sort of thing as similar, well yeah but as far as uh, documenting after day zero, a big thing for us is, uh, um, as Chris was saying, we sometimes have to make a lot of changes. So I don't really want to document the way it was. I want to document the way it is. So when we're rolling out the Dotto, for example, um, in Confluence, we have a page. It's backups. So we hit like new backup appliance and it pops up and then we put in all the serial number and all that information. We won't have that until it comes in. And then usually when it comes in, there's it's scheduled. So I guess we could document a little more, but it's just as easy for us to uh, punch all that in when it's being deployed with the passwords and everything, as opposed to doing it two days prior. But we do start, obviously I I should mention this. When I mentioned that we photograph everything, we photograph um, everything during prospecting as well. So a lot of times we're actually converting our quotation prospecting documentation into the final production documentation. So I guess that is something we have documented already, but I wouldn't call that our final documentation until we're in there. I'd agree with that. And as far as if you want me to mention the selling it as a service. So essentially, like I said, some clients are much better at just buying it, but if you want to sell it as a service, um, basically, it's just a monthly fee. They don't have to worry about the hardware. You're not going to charge them if it dies. You're not going to charge them for updates. You're not going to charge them if you want to swap it out. Um, you're going to put like a lifespan on it, like three years or something like that, and then you're going to swap it out. But for example, if uh, if one year in their internet in their area, let's say they only had six by one available, a year in they're able to get, I don't know, five hundred by fifty or something like that. Um, yeah, you can end up uh, you can end up switching them. So.
4: Hey, but who pays-
3: so,
0: so I I do want to kind of yep. Rein, rein it in here, just because we, we do need to be cognizant of everyone's time. Um, I'm I'm still finishing week one, <laughs> so so let's start let's start uh, you know knocking this stuff out. Um, it, it sounds like week one, we you know we're we're backing everything up. Then we can make some hardware infrastructure changes. Then we can deploy the RMM, uh, clean up the systems, make everything better for the end users, document things, and then we babysit. Am I right? Okay. So week two is when I would say schedule the Office 365 migration. Um, And I'm not saying to do it week two. I'm just saying schedule the migration because... Mm -hmm.
1: You're assuming that they're doing all the 365.
0: They are going to 365. Um, Thanks for popping in, John. I appreciate it. Um, You're, you're, you're right, Carlos, but they're doing office 365. So anyway, uh, or, or Google, whatever, I don't care. But schedule this, edit it on your own time. Schedule the the migration to their new email system. So that way you are the one in charge of their their other system. Um, I would usually give them Office uh, 365 Business Premium or E3. uh, So that way they also have the Office software. Um, And I'm now positive that they have the legal rights to use it. Uh, is there anything else that you guys would be doing in week two? Uh,
1: week two for me tends to be minutiae documentation. So things such as um, special users. Every user is pretty much the same, but we have a special user over here that gets access to the HR drive, even though they're not part of the HR group because of, x right so things like that need to be addressed um uh, other stuff that falls under minutia is uh you know okay we don't do your website because i'm not a web host but where is it who's doing the backups of it how often are we getting backups because if something happens to that can we recover for you under a worst case scenario right um uh, cleanup of the system starts in week two for me so I'll start uh, talking to them about okay you have all of these shares on the server or whatever device is holding your data and it's kind of hodgepodge how about we move this around and fix it so that the right people have right access to it and the wrong people don't um, deeper documentation of the network so we had basic documentation happening before we started. We did some more documentation of the network as we were rolling things out. And now we want to, you know, again, minutia. So, yes, we have three Raspberry Pis on the, on the network. What are they doing? Okay. Well, let's note that. Do we have a, a backup copy of that SD card? Uh, do we know how to recover from that in the event it happens? Uh, we have uh, these WISE terminals over here. What are they doing, Really? Oh, just accessing a website. So why are you buying $300 wise terminals to do the job that a Raspberry Pi can do, or, or you have these terminals doing real work and people are waiting 10 minutes to get things done. Well, why haven't we put a PC here? How about we put a PC here? So things like that is when we start, you know, getting deeper and deeper information about the network and how to make things better, you know, ultimately Uh, we are a an expense right and we have to justify our existence by making their operations smoother and better so that they can make more money with the work that we're doing so that we quit being an expense at the very least we can at least break even and if not start making money for them by by making them more efficient excellent You know, and, and in that vein, you have Jeff coming in every morning to take these PDFs from this folder, print them, and then move them to this other folder. Why haven't we automated that already? How about I? How about I do? I set something up automatic so that the first half hour of Jeff's day is open to do something else, because we can do an awful lot with automation if we know what the process that is happening is. And you know, initially we're not going to need we're not going to know all that stuff, but we're going to start learning about the client to the point where it's like you know what that could be done with a bash f- script or that can be done with a bat file. I don't know if you've seen it, uh, seen it around, but there's a, a t-shirt that used to be uh, available on Think Geek, I think, that says I can replace you with a with a bash script. <laughs> if you can if you can replace a day's worth of work for one person. With a script for the client, now the client has the ability to take that person and either move them to some other role or lower their expenses. I mean I I realize that's a harsh thing to say because someone's job may be on the line, but – you know. and I've seen it go both uh, both ways. We've automated things to the point where someone had to be let go, and I've seen – we've automated things to the point where someone got promoted. Hey, you know what? You don't longer have to do this. How about we need someone over in this department? How about you go work over there instead? And by the way, that also comes with more money.
0: But that's because we just killed this whole department, <laughs> so we can afford to pay you more.
1: That's okay. But you know, I see you know I I see squeezing efficiencies out of my business as important as as, as I see squishing efficient technical efficiencies out of my clients' businesses. Mm-hmm. So if I can. If I can automate it for them, why don't I?
0: Um, is there anything else that you guys do on like the second week? We're normal support by then. Okay. So, but it's, it sounds like my week two is different from your week two. Or am I wrong? Are you saying that you onboard a customer from start to finish, Chad, in a week?
3: We have a list of things we may be working on. Like you mentioned the Office 365, for example, but I don't really consider that part of onboarding at that point. It's, it's
0: a project and it's it's scheduled. Hmm. Okay. Um, is anybody else doing anything, You know, now that we're into week two, week three, week nine? But uh, what do you guys got? Don't tell me we've got three days of stuff to do and that's it. I mean, <laughs> to
4: onboard the new client, it's usually, yeah, a couple days. And then anything outside, that's all just, you know, projects. It's, they want better Wi-Fi in their warehouses. They want, you know, uh, we're looking to upgrade their mobile devices company-wide. We're looking to, you know, X, Y, or Z changes. I mean, the I actual, you know getting them up to speed on our stuff. I mean, software takes, you know, an hour or two and then it's just kind of training the customer, you know?
0: Okay. Very interesting. I'm, I'm just looking through the document that somebody else uploaded. So I know Thomas Fox uploaded this, which is a portion of his ConnectWise track. Uh, Carlos, do you have a ConnectWise track to help you manage MSP onboarding?
1: I have a GI track.
0: Okay. We're not worried about your intestines, though.
1: <laughs> no, I don't use... I I use ConnectWise. So I'm, I have ConnectWise opening on that monitor right now. I despise ConnectWise. The only reason I use ConnectWise is because it's the best thing that I have found to do what I need to do, but it's by no means the thing that I really want to use. Fair enough. Now Labtic on the other hand, I love LabTech.
0: Got it. Um any who else here is using uh, ConnectWise? Um is is does anybody else have an MSP onboarding track that they're using in ConnectWise?
2: Honestly, that's probably one of the reasons we were looking at ConnectWise because if I can kind of like figure out what I want all the steps to look like, it would seems like you could build out kind of the outline. Um,
0: you you can, now I want to show you this though, cause uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. task PSA. This is something that was shared by Mark Shaw in the Autotask PSA. Uh, webinar that I had a few weeks ago. Uh, it is available on my Patreon, which I'll talk about in just a few minutes. This is an AutoTask project plan. BJ, you're an AutoTask guy right now, right?
2: Oh, I've got it in projects. That's not the issue.
0: So what this is, um, and I don't, I don't do the projects part of AutoTask right now. But this is a project plan that that Mark created and shared with us that uh, we can edit this in Excel and then import it into Autotask as a project. So we could have something like this um, that you could use like a track and you could edit the dates and everything that you need to edit in the Excel and then import it in Autotask and have it ready to go for each of your clients as you're onboarding. So I just wanted to make sure that you guys knew that. That's all. Um, yes, uh, Autotask. Uh, next week is is launching their new update for my server anyway, so I'll have the the new ticket interface, and I'm really excited about that. And I'll probably do a, a short webinar on that once that's launched. Um, what 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 else do you guys have? Is there anything that that we haven't touched on that you do during onboarding, regardless of what day, week, whatever. Um, what what kind of stuff are you are you guys doing that um, that you think we should be doing that that did, helps your onboarding be more successful?
3: Steve, did you cover getting um, vendor authorization forms anywhere in here? Um, no. So yeah, so things like their ISPs. I did mention we call them. We can't do that without being on the account. So we have like a, whatever the process is to get that done. We had a sheet we used to try to send in, but then some places wouldn't accept it. Some places is as simple as just having the contact call in, but it's a great idea. I,
1: I have pretended to be my client at a number of times to do, for that very problem.
3: Sometimes uh, depends on the size of the client. Like if it's a little five person firm, that's one thing. But if you got like a board of directors and a 40 or 50 person firm or bigger, i try to be more by the book
1: um
4: we also i just i forgot about that but yeah that's one of the big things we try to get on is at least uh authorization for the isps in particular um internet and phone um outside of that i mean a lot of times they don't really require authorization to talk to the you know uh uh our uh uh line of business that will be app stuff like that um but the isp is the big one
1: does anyone else do a building layout? I typically ask for a print of their layout. And most of the time they have it. And then I I make notes within it that say, you know, in this spot Steve sits, in this spot Jeff sits, in this spot Chris sits so that when I, you know, when people, you know, in my side are calling or they call us, we can say, "Oh, Chris, yes." Well, you see that you know this goes back to taking the pictures. You know, if you if you go around the bend, there's a closet there. That's the network closet. Or we can go well, you from where you sit, go over and they just, they kind of get perplexed. It's like, how do you know where I sit? You've never been here, but it works. It helps.
2: We make a lucid chart um, layout of their floor plan, and then we just tag all of their. Um, computers to the people in it glue so we can look at the floor plan and then click straight into their contacts from lucid chart but then that lucid Chart's embedded in it glue under their like site overview page so we can see who sits where and then click straight into their stuff
3: we use gliffy and just kind of draw it out ourselves, mm-hmm. and then as i said photos
0: very cool
4: we try to get it most of our places are uh ff good good luck finding one you know
0: I'm gonna to have to uh, make diagramming a team sport. It, if you it? if
3: you use Confluence, it's a plugin.
0: Okay, I don't. I use IT glue. I think I really works you. with the Lucid chart, right?
4: Yeah, you can embed the Lucid chart right into a document in IT glue.
0: So, um, is there a free version of uh, of Lucid chart? What it's like what ten bucks a to...
2: month or something? It's pretty inexpensive. It's
1: okay, called yeah. Right. It's you're called Open free. Office for the free version.
0: Okay, Let's see where you're going. Uh, <laughs> um, is the Pro version what you need in order to integrate it with IT Glue?
2: It's not an integration. It's
1: it's a um, an embed. So you get the uh, HTML when you embed the Lucidchart into an IT Glue document.
0: Got it. All right well uh we are actually past our time so with that is is there anything else that anyone wants to throw out there don't leave yet
3: <laughs> i think it becomes like a lot of projects like we were talking about earlier which takes us on a whole other tangent
0: yeah um that's from last week so uh thanks for coming out um so here's here's the deal i am going to finalize this documentation it will i'll pro- i'll be working on it like today tonight tomorrow and you guys will get an email either tomorrow or monday with the finished documentation in word um if there's anything that you guys want to add to the document uh feel free to do that um i will i will remove that document in a few hours the link to the document just because i want to create a finished one but you guys will get a, a finished document with everything yeah. this is uh this is currently being live streamed to youtube as soon as we're done uh this will be yeah. permanently there on youtube i will take um the chat everything that was said in chat and i'll put that in to youtube i think i'm able to put that much information into the uh, uh description field on youtube we'll find out worst case i'll just have it as a document that you that is linked to from youtube um if you if you like this webinar uh i'm I'm glad i i enjoy doing these and i'm going to continue doing these for a long time to come um if uh if you liked and you want to help keep these going feel free to uh hop on my patreon and and consider uh Uh, you know, becoming a monthly subscriber. You you can even help with as little as a dollar every month. Uh, I'm not asking for people to, to, you know, pay exorbitant amount of money. I'm also not requiring people to subscribe. These webinars will continue to be free. Um, The only difference is subscribers will get a a warm, fuzzy feeling for helping. And um, I will be adding um, additional documents that the subscribers have access to. So, um, yeah, I think I think that covers everything that I wanted to go over. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yes, John, don't believe any hype that you saw on Facebook. Uh, I, I'm going to keep doing this for a long time to come, and I don't need a single Facebook group to,
1: to make this. <laughs> Steve died. What happened, Steve?
0: Um, to be fair, I was in the hospital visiting a a little eight-year-old girl that means very much to me. So, um, yeah, thanks so much for for coming, guys. Um, I really appreciate everybody, and I will see you all uh, in three weeks at the next webinar.